All right, Practice Indie Fam Jam. I am here with one of the sparkliest, shiniest, greatest souls ever, Megan Hanna. And it was actually her birthday yesterday. So happy birthday, my love. Thanks, honey bun. Megan is an overly talented, overly talented. Like, I'm judging you from the start. Over, she's too much. <laughs> she's too talented as a designer, as a yogi, as an astrologer. You also do numerology, yes? True story. Am I missing one? Um, I love the tarot, too. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Love okay. the tarot, love the Reiki. Anything of the occult, I would say. And German Shepherd dog lover. Aficionado. Yes. <laughs> yes. And your your soul buddy's name is your German Shepherd. It's Otto. Yeah, the love of my life. My God. True soulmate. <laughs> what lucky pair! It's so good. Uh, I'm the lucky one. Yeah. So good. So um, so we're gonna talk about astrology today. Maybe we'll we'll do this again for numerology and tarot because I think all of it. I think all of it is interesting, but um, specifically, I want to talk about astrology because this week is Prat Pratyabhijna is our focus, and it means self-knowing, or I love the the etymology of the word or how we break down the word means to remember mm -hmm. yourself or to deeply know and remember, and recently I've shifted my definition of yoga to be it's the remembering of the self, that we've mm -hmm. just simply forgotten. So one of the studio mantras um, has always been give yourself permission to be yourself. And as I started learning from you and studying with you, one of the things you shared about astrology, two things that you shared that was so mind-blowing to me is one, that it's a practice in self-compassion, and two, it's, in a, it's a practice of self-knowing or self-knowledge. Um, I think this day and age, things like astrology, numerology, yoga, tarot get kind of blown up with the um, the craze of them, and they can lose some of the depth, mm -hmm. and they can become, you know, sort of folky, if you will, or mm -hmm. caricature-y. Yeah. So I'd love for you to share what astrology is and how you got interested in it to start. Yeah, awesome. So for, I'll do the second one first. So I embarked on my journey in yoga about, I would say about nine years ago. I found the practice of yoga and yoga is the journey for me, like of the self, through the self and to the self. And it brought me to my knees, honestly. And it brought me to... Um, a depth in knowing myself deeper than I ever had before. And um, it created this desire to understand why I am the way I am. And it just opened up a whole nother world for me. And one of my teachers told me that um, yoga for her was um, the best gateway drug that she could ever, <laughs> ever take. And I share that same sentiment. And so through the practice of yoga, I started to really want to dig into learning myself more and figuring out why I am the way I am and what makes me tick and why it makes me tick. And through that, I started to study numerology, Reiki, tarot, but astrology really struck me as something with just even more depth than just 
ignited this passion within me. And um, it's, you know, I think we all can be really hard on ourselves sometimes. And through studying myself, through studying my chart and my specific placements, my aspects, it helped me cultivate this deep compassion for myself and my quirks and the things that, you know, maybe are a little bit harder for me to love about myself. And it just really rang true for me. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So astrology is the study of the cosmos and the stars and the planets and how they're all intertwined and how they interact with, you know, the placements that we have when we were born. So our natal chart, we each have one. So it's uh, a picture taken of the night sky or the day sky, you know, when we're born and the constellations that's coming up on the horizon and the placement of everything in the ethos above us. And it's very individual and specific for each person. And, you know, the exact moment that you were born creates completely interwoven, like immaculately unique picture, like this huge like tapestry that is unique to just you. And it's a practice that we can spend our whole lives studying and understanding ourselves, understanding others. And the more we understand why we are the way we are and create compassion for ourselves, then we realize we're doing our best and it's like, wow, maybe other people are just doing their best and they're mm. working with what they, they were given. Yeah. And so it's just one of my teachers, Aliza Kelly, says that it's a practice in empathy. And that just, I think if we all did a little bit of that, a little more of that, we'd be living in a different world. Same with if everyone practiced yoga, you know, and just dug deep within ourselves. So that's mm. what makes me tick and that's what I'm so passionate about and what I love to share with others. God, I there is so much about that that I love <laughs> and you you know I'm like a great fangirl for you but I think um one of the things that speaks so much to me every time you talk about astrology is that the first of all our insignificance is going to sound like a bad word but insignificance on the scale of the cosmos mm -hmm. like I think when we get too caught up in our own bullshit it's mm -hmm. actually comforting for me to be like oh yeah like I'm a tiny <laughs> cell yeah. not even a cell a speck. <laughs> yes in the grand scheme of things that's why Horton here's a who is one of my favorite oh, stories because I'm like oh I'm a who <laughs> I'm a who and you know like I'm just floating around on the speck of dust so mm -hmm. sometimes I feel that that's comforting so I'm like oh all this shit I think I'm going through I'm like it's it is insignificant in a good way mm -hmm. um and then I think the other thing that's so fascinating because we are in our our 300 hour just studied the Ramayana mm -hmm. and they consult the stars they consult the cosmos mm -hmm. for Rama to be when Rama is supposed to ascend to the throne and you know, it's such an auspicious moment and every birth is auspicious mm -hmm. every celebration can be auspicious and it's all about that tiny karmic ripple, that tiny tear in the universe that you, mm -hmm. maybe it's a paper cut, but it's still your paper cut. Absolutely. That you've created just by being. And I think that, 
such a celebration, um, in a way, astrology is such a celebration of every unique story mm-hmm. and ripple. There's a, I think it, I want to say it's the Dalai Lama, but um, there's a quote that if you think you're too small to make a difference, then look at a mosquito. Mm, you know? Yes! <laughs> so, those fuckers. And yeah, just those little buddies that'll just come up behind you and get you. But, um, you know, um, sometimes the smallest things make the biggest difference. Mm. And just, yeah, the small things make big things. Yeah. And a canyon starts from a small crack. So it's beauty and simplicity and just the small things. So the small things become the big things. Yeah, so. I love that. Yeah. So can you tell me, um, there are, well, I'm sure there are more than two, but there's like, <laughs> fucking no, there's tropic, <laughs> there's like Vedic astrology, mm-hmm. and then there's Western mm-hmm. astrology. What are, what are the differences? What do we primarily talk about mm-hmm. in the West? Yeah, so honestly, any ancient culture had its own version of astrology um in the eastern world they had vedic astrology which is you know correlating with um indian astrology there's um many people say that astrology started with the babylonians mm. egyptians had their own astrology you the know, mayans Greek. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. the mayan calendar system you know the chinese zodiac there's you know everyone had their own way of going about all of these things and um all from different cultures vedic astrology to western astrology one the one that we traditionally practice um there are similarities dealing with the same planets but extremely different results Mm. so they really are wildly different and if you study vedic astrology and then you start to apply the same things to western astrology they don't match up so the one that I practice is Western astrology, and that's um, because we live in the Western world. Um, but it's the three main um, categories. Categories. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't want to say elements because there's elements and aspects in astrology, but there's the planets that you study, and then there's the 12 signs, and then from there, there's the houses of the zodiac or um, of astrology, and then there's also the aspects and there's so many different inner workings of astrology it's a lifelong practice that you can study and the foundation of all of those of the elements um the earth water air and then fire so it's um yeah those are kind of the building blocks of astrology and the more you get to know those and how you access them in your everyday life how what is innate already in you and maybe what element you're lacking a little bit helps you create a foundation for the practice of astrology and understanding that more in your everyday life. Hmm. So, the thank you for that. Um, Welcome. So there are the elements, which is fascinating because one, the number five is omnipresent in. I mean, almost everything. Shiva, I believe that's Shiva's number, is number five. Mm. Um, there are there are also five elements in Ayurveda. There's, you know, the elements are the elements are the foundation of a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, and the number five is in a lot of things. So I think that's really interesting. 
Um, but could you tell me a little bit more about how the elements build, what the houses are, and then um, maybe not the 12 signs like going through them, but just like, what are they? You know, like, what is a definition of the signs? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So elements, houses, signs, anything else I don't know because I am literally the most novice at this topic. No worries. Um, so in astrology, there actually, we deal with four elements. So there's the beginning one is oh. fire. Yeah, so it starts with fire and fire is, Aries is the first sign just to, that ignites the fire and it's the spark that happens and it lights the fire. And then the next element that we move to is earth. And that is the grounding, the foundation, the practicality, the stability that we want to build. And then after that we find air and that is energy. It is communication, it's versatility, it's, um, it governs the thoughts and communication. And, and then we move once we get up in the air and we get very high and then we go down into the water, into the depths and uncovering the emotions, the intuition and um, the sentiment and kind of like the world within us, you know, the deep mm. emotional feelings. Um, so those are the elements that we work with. Interesting that it is four, because mm -hmm. in Ayurveda then there's ether. Mm-hmm. So screw and what I said about fives. <laughs> fives but in Chinese count. medicine, there's five as well, and there's wood. So what? Yeah, different different folks. So. Okay, okay, okay. So those are the elements. Yeah. Four, got it. And then houses. Those are the four. So, um, the thing that really makes astrology super specific and very like really applicable to the person is in getting the birth time. So it's one of the most, um, it's kind of like the golden nugget in astrology. If you know the exact time that you were born, um, because the constellations in the sky change about every two and a half hours. So you really finding that exact birth time, not like, oh, I was kind of born around 6 a.m., you know, really getting that exact precise time. That is what starts your chart. So, and the that that is how you find your rising sign which is also the ascendant and that's where your chart starts so if you look at your natal chart it's a circle and it's broken up into 12 different sections it looks like a large pie and there's all of these different houses and they loosely there's 12 different houses and they loosely correlate to the 12 zodiac signs hmm. and so it moves all the way around starting at Aries, um, which is the first sign, and the first house um, governs yourself, you, your body, right now. And then it moves into all different categories of your life. Some people call the houses of the zodiac um, a theater where different things play out and mm. the different props and the different settings that you have. Um, so it really creates um, like a scene and a stage for all of these things to play out in. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, you've told a story one time about 
the houses or like mm-hmm. how you remember it. Yeah, the would, zodiac. So would you be willing to tell that story absolutely, or share that? Absolutely. So um story that was told by my teacher and it's how all of the signs work together. It's you know, a lot of times when we're learning the signs of the zodiac, we think that they work individually, but as it turns out, they're really working in contingency upon like each one works with the other one and they build upon each other. So it starts with Aries and that is the archetype of the warrior and it's the initiator and it's starting, it's leading and it's the element of fire. So it strikes the match and Aries doesn't really know why it's starting, but it's just doing it. It's going and it's leading the way. And so once you get started, and then you look around and you're like, well, what am I working with? And that's practicality and that's earth and that's Taurus. It's like, well, what do I have? So I'm here and what am I working with? What do I have that's tangible, that's physical, that I can touch, that I can feel, that I can work with? And then once you figure out what you're working with, which is Taurus, then you're like, well, what does everyone else have? What is, you know, what do you have? What do you have? And how is it different from mine? And that's Gemini. It's communicating. It's you know, figuring out what everyone else has and the versatility with that. And sometimes with air, with all the communication, it can get a little bit scattered. It can get a little... So when we get a little bit scattered and unfocused, then the best thing to do is to return home, to get centered and to recollect ourselves and feel nurtured and the care of our family under the mother that is sensitive and nurturing and healing and ultimately like the most compassionate um, archetype in our life and once we feel that we are safe and nurtured and built back up then we can go back out in the world and shine and be radiant and reignite that spark and fire and become the leader that Leo is and the creative energy and the passion, the fire. Um, Leo has a tendency to be center stage and one of my favorite Leos is Mick Jagger and he's all about strutting his stuff, singing his thing on stage and just, you know, doing the damn thing. But once you're having all the fun and all that creativity and the drama, Virgo is like, well, I know you're having fun with all that, but is this practical? Is this sustainable? Is what you're doing good enough? It is, yeah, just getting back and structuring things and analyzing and creating systems and more structure and a better foundation. And once you go through all of the structure and the analytics and the organization, Libra is to pick that back up and let's create this together. You don't have to do it all yourself, Virgo. Virgo wants to help. And Libra's like, I want to do this with you. I want to partner up. I want to talk about getting serious together and make sure this is fair and balanced. Libra's the scale. So let's balance things out. Let's make it fair and beautiful and create a relationship together, whether the relationship is a commitment to each other, whether it's a romantic relationship or a business. 
And then after all of the fun and lightheartedness and the aesthetic and the beauty of Libra, sometimes we have to get a little bit dark and transformative and find the depth in the relationship, not just all the fun and the play of Libra. Scorpio is like, we got to get down and transform and sometimes we have to self-destruct in order to really find out what is in the darkness and bring that to the light and discover all of that that is hidden and bring it back the Scorpio the ultimate sign of that is the phoenix and it sets itself on fire and it's about the death and rebirth and then after we've gone through the darks and the depths Sagittarius is like that was really fun and uh, going into the dark and the depth <laughs> and the scariness and the crazy sex stuff so let's have a little bit more fun let's have a little bit more lightness let's travel the world let's not be so damn serious and let's explore different cultures um Sagittarians are the forever students they're passionate about seeing the other side of the world and exploring they're always seeking out knowledge Mm. and after you've traveled the world and had a lot of fun Capricorn's like hey time to get back to work we gotta get back to business and create structure and grounding but more of like a legacy for ourselves and the business aspect the mindset of the entrepreneur and creating systems that are super sustainable and financially beneficial and then we move to the last air sign which air is about multiplicity and Aquarius is saying I know that this is great for you but is this good for the people is this good for everyone is this sustainable is this good for the collective and a famous Aquarian is Oprah who creates everything for the people and wants to you know create these beautiful um, yeah she's she's the epitome of making something equanimous yeah if you will yeah absolutely and she's also like just side note if anyone ever gets her in my space I would um, it's my life goal to meet her so yeah I just think of that one episode where every year she brings all the teachers and they think that they're going to give a presentation and then they get rewarded with like all of these Mm. gifts and bestowed all of this like gratitude because they give so much to everyone else and they're like she's like I want to make sure that your cup is full too Uh. just gives back to the people so it's beautiful and then the last water sign moving from all of the people and um, thinking outside of the box and making sure that that is taken care of Pisces is the ultimate sign of empathy and the ultimate sign of the collective and beauty and the poet the musicians and just this massive depth of compassion for everyone the fish the fishes that are moving in both directions and yeah the ultimate sentiment so yeah. The story. The and that story just completes the, the, the circle the of life. <laughs> and it's so interesting. So um, 
so when we did your course, God, was that in March or like the spring or so? anyway, um, you had shared a little bit about like there are even signs that correlate to parts of the body and there's like anatomy mm-hmm. that can be corresponded. And I think I just, I, I don't even know if we need to get into that, but I think highlighting that there is so much to this and, and going back to why I wanted to share this and have you speak this week is because our whole theme is our focus this week is around self-inquiry remembering the self giving yourself permission to be yourself and so mm-hmm. you know whether it's an enneagram whether it's strength finders whether it's astrology you know anything that asks you to look deep into who you are and then deeply understand that and then use that for a purpose like do it on purpose if you're if you are the most Pisces which I really resist being the most Pisces but I'm the most Pisces then then like own that and use it for the betterment of yourself use it for the betterment of the world or if you're or if you're the joker use it to destroy the world like Mm -hmm. whatever you are here to do do the thing you're supposed to do and do it with all your might living your dharma yeah, and yeah. I think that's what astrology can point us to, right? Absolutely. So. It gives us permission to be ourselves and to look at ourselves through a deeper lens and look at really like what our strengths are. And then there are certain areas of our charts that um, there's one in particular, speaking of the strength finders, it's, um, it's the comet that circles the sun and it's called Chiron and it's called the wounded healer. And we all have it somewhere in our chart and there's, you know, no placement that's better or worse. There's just, it just is. And it's the place in the chart where, or in our life where we feel this deep innate wound. And it's, if not, if it's not helped and like, if you don't learn about it and learn to really work with the energy of that, it can be it can always stay this deep wound, but once you learn about that, once you develop the strength and the knowledge around that to help that grow, you can make that into your greatest strength. And mm. through that, you can, it's said that you can help heal the world with that. And that wound that you have within you, you can help heal that wound within the collective. Mm. So, yeah. And it's just knowing just once I figured out what mine was, it made so much sense for me and instead of me being so hard on myself about it I could turn that into well now I know and I can do work around that and then just have more compassion for myself and for others that struggle with that as well and then do the work that I need to around that and just do the damn thing do the damn thing Mm. I love that yeah there's a there is a concept in Judaism called tikkun olam and it means repair the world and I just always find it interesting that across cultures across religions no matter what like we're all saying the same thing and tikkun olam is the is the effort to repair the world with what you've got Mm. and you know that that can look a million different ways and yeah I just love that um so quickly just going over because I think this is most people know your sun sign, which is what is in the horoscopes. And, you know, if you go on teen bop, you can pull it up. <laughs> Pisces this week, don't make out with a man with a snaggle tooth. Clear. <laughs> or do. Or do. Well, they always tell you. They're very, they're very specific, you know. Um, Truly. 
so that's your that's your sun sign right mm-hmm. and that is like um the way you present to the world or the way you your most obvious qualities or yeah so that's the sun sign is really your sense of self and your identity and your ego it's so there are two different planets in that we work with in astrology that are called luminaries and that shine light and the sun shines light during the day so it's kind of like our external expression of ourself throughout the most the daylight Mm. and then on the other side of that is the opposite which is the moon which is the internal self it's how we feel on the inside it's how we act at night the sun is what shines during the day and the moon shines in parentheses or quotes at night it's it's a reflection and it's how we how we feel it's how we want to be cared for it's how we want to be nurtured it's the world behind the eyes and oftentimes sometimes people say to me you know I am an Aquarius sun but I don't feel like an Aquarius sun and I don't resonate with that that doesn't make sense to me and then I look at their moon sign and it's like well that's why and sometimes mm. so all of the planets in our chart are talking to one another and it's creating this deeper conversation and oftentimes one or the other shines more in certain situations than the other and sometimes the moon can outweigh the sun or sometimes the sun outweighs the moon it just depends on how they're talking and the conversation and like the narrative that they build between and then the other one it's kind of like the modern way of doing like age sex location and (laughs) so now it's like moon sun and rising and the rising sign there's a lot of conversation about how to interpret the rising sign many people say it's the how you come off it's how people perceive you it's like you never have a second chance to make a first impression Mm. and that's a lot of people say that but you know not everyone beauty is in the eye of the beholder like Mm -hmm. everyone oftentimes will perceive you a little bit differently depends on the day you're having if you're having one of those days then someone might perceive you a different way so um what I've kind of come to buy into is that it's um where we are moving toward it's like our destiny and our soul's purpose and what we are moving towards in this life what we are working to embody on a deeper level Mm. I love that and I also love like that you know I'm, I think we share this in like the obsessive pursuit of just knowing <laughs> ourselves and then giving other people permission to be themselves. Like I, um, for a long time, maybe still, I don't really give a shit anymore, but <laughs> for a long time people would tell me I was intimidating and mm-hmm. like, you know, give me advice on how to, how to pull back and how to be less. And that way I wouldn't intimidate other people. And I've come to realize that that wouldn't be an issue if they knew themselves mm-hmm. and the people that embrace me as me either are like me and get me because there's a spark of that in them or they are so themselves that they don't give a shit about (laughs) you know how I come off to them so I think that's also one of the reasons I'm inspired to study with you practice with you and get to know this is to be honest like anything new age that seems unresearched or undocumented kind of turns me off Mm -hmm. at times and working with you has revealed to me just how much depth and knowledge there is in this and that you know we've to make it accessible honestly is is my guess 
it's become diluted, the, the practice and the study of astrology, because that's what's going to get it to the masses, which in a way I think that's really beautiful and yeah. wonderful. But I also think there's so much to mm. this study, and I don't think it's given... I, I certainly can say from my perspective, I haven't given it the um, exposure and the time that I'm excited to give it so mm-hmm. and I, I think a lot of people are getting that with tarot with all kinds of you know different new age modalities that aren't even new age they're super fucking old yeah. um, <laughs> they're actually really old um, but I think people are finding that like oh there's so much more there like let me mm-hmm. dive in so how can people one you mentioned that people need to know their birth chart so if they decide to go to someone to, I mean, hopefully you go to Megan Hanna. She's a genius. But if someone you know wants to get their chart read, they need their birth time, mm-hmm. their birth location. Call your mom. Yes, call, call your mama. Um, so birth time is not essential, but it is really great to get into the meat of your chart to really be able to dig in and extract the information that is extremely specific to you. Um, the birthplace, so city and state, because that correlates, um, that helps extract the longitude and latitude and the day that you were born so those are the three things and yeah there's a really great website that I use and used um, initially is um, cafeastrology.com and you plug in all of that information and if you don't know your birth time it just automatically sets it at noon Mm. Um, so that's kind of the universal way of doing that if you're unsure and It'll pull up everything, all of the planets and the signs, and it'll be really specific to you exactly. Um, And every time I refer back to that website and pull up my chart, I get something different out of it. So Mm. the first time, I mean, it's it's very in-depth, and it's a great place to start. It's free, and go there, and it's just a great place to start extracting information and to really start pulling away you know just digging in and getting little nuggets of information and just beginning it's a great starting place so awesome and then Mm -hmm. you you do readings yes I do true story true story so you can find (laughs) Megan at house love that's your nine to five that is my day job yep design by day yogi and astrology by night and you teach at the yoga studio correct true story yeah awesome when do you teach there yeah I teach Tuesday evening 7 p.m slow flow Wednesday night in Carmel slow flow 7 p.m um Saturday morning normally 10 a.m um going on a little hiatus through end of January February and then Sunday evenings in broad ripple 5 30 slow flow amazing and then in 2020 I'm super excited that we're going to work together more because I think you're brilliant and I just want to learn from you likewise my Pisces friend (laughs) I basically just bring people here so I can learn from them and then um if other people show up I feel that that's a bonus um that's how I've gotten everyone here actually (laughs) it's working really well I've heard that um there's something called like edge entertained or something like you educate yourself as entertainment I'm like that is so me. I feel so, so attacked and also so seen and violent. Um, so we're going to be doing a, 
a membership that will be unlimited yoga and a one-on-one monthly sort of be like a long form consultation and then check-ins with you and we'll release more information about that but if anyone is like looking to really study themselves I cannot wait for that membership and we're gonna have a really cool planner that'll go along with that that'll tell you like all the astrological happenings in the year um it's a like you know have to touch it planner which Mm -hmm. I'm all about super tangible so we're doing we're doing that yes (laughs) we're doing that um we're gonna do a six week right six week astrology course so if people want to dive into just the content of astrology not just expand into that then that will be available and then we're going to look at two different like major astrological events and do Mm -hmm. a yoga flow around that with those so so extremely excited I could jump through the phone (laughs) yay yeah so if you're listening and you want to learn from Megan one just uh, reach out to her I'll tag her in a post or however this internet thing works I'll put her information out but two if you really want to dive deep 2020 you'll see a lot more of her and have different ways to to learn with her and to learn from her is there anything else you want to impart or share on this topic or you Gosh, um, I would just say that astrology, I mean, the practice of yoga, the practice of astrology, and I, you know, both of them have changed my life in countless ways, but it's really, you know, it's finding the avenue, the, um, the practice that speaks to you that helps you learn more about yourself and whatever means that you can do that I think that that is invaluable it's Mm -hmm. everything starts with the self you know it's it's view orientation it's how we perceive information it's how we um, how we move through our life how we go through our day how we deal with our issues you know learning more about ourselves and helping us understand why we are the way we are, why we do what we do, what trigger us, what triggers us. And, you know, all of that I've come to find through the practice and the art of yoga and astrology. And it's made all the difference for me and changed my life. And I think it's just a beautiful tool for self-awareness and it just helps create, um, a map if you allow it to be a map to help you move a little bit easier and Mm. with less resistance and so that you can move towards feeling a little bit more free and less confined restricted and Mm. yeah who doesn't want that I don't like being told what to do and I like to you know move and breathe the way that feels good and yeah so hope to share that with you guys and hope that you can start to find that on your own. Yeah. Well, you're epic. Thank you for your time. Thank, thank you for sharing your deep, you deep so knowledge. Much. Oh, you're the best. You're the best. I love and you. I love you. <laughs> if you're listening, you're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed by Megan. Oh. Hooray. Have a swell day. Namaste. <laughs> All right.